0: He asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Throughout this Lenten season, our midweek series will be focused on the prophet Jeremiah, with an eye towards the similarities between the prophet and our Lord Jesus Christ. Indeed, there are many similarities, as we will see in the coming weeks, not the least of which is the similarities in their messages. Repent. Return to the Lord. This message, though, is met with great hostility, with tradition telling us that Jeremiah was likely martyred, Being stoned to death by the Jews in Egypt. And with history and scripture attesting to the fact that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was the ultimate martyr. But more than that, by his death he made atonement for our sins. Their similarities and their messages led some people to answer our Lord's question of who do you say? the Son of Man is, to answer Jeremiah. This answer of him being Jeremiah, though, is only recorded in Matthew's gospel, which isn't surprising given the fact that the emphasis in Matthew's gospel is that our Lord is the long-awaited Messiah, that he is the fulfillment of all that had been written in the Old Testament. Recall, though, the time in which Jeremiah came prophesying. He was called as a prophet in the year 628 BC and goes to work calling the hardened hearts of the Israelites to repentance, to return in faithfulness to their Lord. Though much of the book of Jeremiah is filled with these calls to repentance, along with a lot of Jeremiah's despair, that they would not return in repentance. In Jeremiah 39, we read of the fall of Jerusalem in 587 or 586 to the Babylonians who would lead them out into captivity. The temple would soon be destroyed some 40 years after the beginning of Jeremiah's ministry. And the Lord sends Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Likewise, our Lord begins his ministry around 30 A.D. And what happens 40 years later in 70 A.D. with the fall of the second temple? It is with this context and these similarities of Jeremiah's and our Lord's mission and message to the people of Israel that we read in our text for tonight... Return, O faithless children, declares the Lord, for I am your master. Or another way to translate it. Return, O faithless children, declares the Lord, for I am your husband. This plea by the Lord is not won by a dispassionate God who could care less if his people would return, repent, and come back to him. Rather, here and all throughout the Old Testament we see the faithful God calling his people to repentance. A God who desires not the death of his people, but that all would return to him. And yet all throughout the Old Testament we see time and time again that the people of Israel turned away in faithlessness. They would go out, worship at pagan temples throughout the week, and then come back to the temple on Saturdays, make sacrifices to the Lord just as they had made sacrifices to the pagan idols, thinking that the sacrifices to the Lord would still be pleasing to him. But just prior to our text for tonight, earlier on in chapter 3, we still see this imagery of the Lord being the faithful husband and the people of Israel being the unfaithful wife. Though Jeremiah uses much more colorful language than in our text for tonight. But to zoom out of this immediate context, we recall how our Lord himself, is described as our bridegroom, and we his bride, the church. Throughout his ministry, he called the people of Israel to repentance. He continues to call us today to repentance. We are not to be as the people of Israel were, though, thinking that we can go to the pagan temples throughout the week and then come back here on Sunday. But to put it as our Lord puts it, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. We are not to enslave ourselves as we fall into the adultery of serving the pleasures of mammon. That is the way of this world, but that is not the way that our Lord would have us live. We are not to view our sins as though our Lord is indifferent to them. We are to view each and every sin as though it is a sin, and that is in desperate need of our Lord's forgiveness. So as we are in this season of Lent, and we inch closer and closer to our Lord's passion, where we recall his suffering, his flogging, his death, we call to mind the price of our sins. The price that caused our bridegroom to lay down his life for his bride, the church. As our fathers of old would cover themselves in ashes and put on sackcloth, so too we began this Lenten season by putting ashes upon our foreheads. Reminding us that we are but dust and to dust we shall return. We entered this season of repentance with a heightened state of our self examination to see where we have been unfaithful to our Lord. Have we neglected to pray to our dear Heavenly Father? Have we been unfaithful in our vocations as sons? daughters, husbands, wives, employers, employees? Have we neglected to come to the house of our Lord? As we are in this state of heightened self-examination, it's quite clear how we have been unfaithful to our bridegroom. But then we hear the words of verse 22 of our text. Return, O faithless sons, I will heal your faithlessness. We hear these words that are sweeter than honey. That our Lord simply and comfortingly calls us to return. That he brings to us healing for our unfaithfulness wherever we have been unfaithful our Lord calls us to return whether we have been unfaithful in a small way or a large way our Lord calls us to return even if we believe that we are too far gone that we have been unfaithful to such an extent that our Lord wouldn't have us return. He calls us to return to him, to return as his beloved, his dear bride, to return to him in repentance. He calls us to return each and every day, to return and repent of our unfaithfulness to him, And he brings that healing for our faithlessness. All of us can look back on times in our life where we have been unfaithful. And the Lord has brought healing to us. And he continues to bring healing to us. He sends to us shepherds after his own heart. Shepherds, Pastors who come and deliver that knowledge and understanding of God's word. A pastor that delivers that healing medicine that flows from the cross and into our mouths. He brings to us healing for all of our unfaithfulness each and every week throughout our lives. So who do people say that the Son of Man is? Not Jeremiah, or not Jeremiah, not John the Baptist, not Elijah, but none other than the Son of God who brings to his bride that healing, that forgiveness of sins that you, his beloved bride, might have life. He is the one who delivers the same message of Jeremiah, calling us to return, calling us to return that we may receive that healing, that cleansing of our souls. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.